Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Hey y'all, welcome back to Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder. We are back for another episode. Hey Barb, how was your weekend? It was really good. Um, did a bunch of stuff with the family. Cannot complain about that. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. I went out to the country this weekend, did a lot of work, so um, just excited for that. Um, don't forget about merch. It is still for sale. We have cups and pop sockets. Shirts are coming. We promise we are working on it. Uh, also, don't forget about the voters episode this month. Let us know who you want to hear about. It takes like 30 seconds, 30 seconds to vote. So please tell us what you want to hear about. Um, I do want to just go ahead and get in today's case. Are you ready, Barb? As always. Well, sit back and relax because today's case is a crazy one. I have heard about this case a couple of times. Like, I even heard it last week on a podcast. Um, but while I was researching it, I found so much more stuff that I had no idea about. So researching really, like, showed me and taught me a lot more stuff about this guy um today we'll be talking about robert durst which like i said i've heard a few times i don't know if you've heard about him have you um it sounds familiar i think i have yeah so when i heard about it i heard about the morris black case which was a galveston case um but apparently there's more than just his that he may be responsible for so let's go ahead and start talking about it. I want to talk about Robert first. I know we like to focus on the victims, but we'll talk about them a little bit later. So he was born on April 12th, 1943 in New York. He was the oldest of his siblings and he was, his whole family was like real estate investors. So his grandpa, his dad and him, and they had like a family business. His mother passed away when he was, I think, seven years old. She died from falling off the roof. Can you imagine, like, your mother no. passing away from that devastating of a, like, death? No, like, and that's just, like, a random, like, tragic accident. Yeah, and it didn't say, like, when she, like, around what year, because she could have been on the roof either cleaning it or... She could have been on the roof hanging lights or whatever, but to me in my head, I'm like, why is she on the roof if they have all this money, they could have hired somebody to do what they needed to do. So I, I have no idea what happened, but he claims that he saw her fall off, but his brother Douglas said that was not true. So I didn't bring up any of the, the siblings names because they don't really come into the story except for Douglas. So the two of them had so much beef with each other like they're constantly arguing constantly button heads and it was so bad that they had to get counseling when they were young so they had to get like counseling between these two siblings only because they just had so much issues with each other and as they were going to the psychiatrist one of them I don't know if they went to more than one or if this was their only psychiatrist that they went to but it said that 10-year-old Robert may have, quote, 
personality decomposition, and possibly even schizophrenia, end quote. And wow. that was like at 10 years old. And so he was born in 1943. So it was 1953. So he's going to a psychiatrist at, in 1953 and being told this, this is what he may have. That's crazy to think about. I mean, that could possibly very well be the reason why him and his brother didn't get along because of this disorder. But even back then, especially in the 1950s, like to talk about these types of mental illnesses was taboo. Like it wasn't something that you went to see the doctor for. You kind of just brushed it under the rug because you wanted to meet the status quo in the town. Exactly. Yeah, and the fact that their parents were actually making them go to the psychiatrist is really shocking because we see in a lot of cases where parents don't even think about this, you know, but it's super interesting to me to see something different than what we're used to. But throughout high school, people said that he was a loner, which, you know, doesn't really mean what much, but when you see later, like, he's really just kind of off. So after high school, he went to lehigh university i think that's how you say it and was actually on the varsity lacrosse team which is weird to go from a loner to on the varsity lacrosse team so he was on the team and he was also a manager of a student newspaper so soon after he like after he finished that school i don't know if he finished or whatever but he would enroll in ucla for the doctoral program so i guess he was super smart and he decided to move to California. And I, yeah, UCLA is California. Um, this is when he would meet Susan Berman. And she will come back later. So just remember that name, Susan Berman. He ended up eventually moving back to New York to join his family business. Well, his brother Douglas would end up running the family business. So his father gave him the role to control the business. This caused so many issues between the two of them, which they already had problems, but this just made it like way worse. And it got so bad that he ended up, so Robert ended up suing his family for his part of the family fortune. I just want to say that Robert Durst, Durst has a net worth of $65 million. So that was today's net worth. Wow. So... I just want I just want you to remember that because money can do a lot of things and I feel like money was a huge thing in all of these cases that I'm going to tell you about today. Um, so let's go into some of the crimes that Robert is being suspected of. I say suspected of because one of them he was acquitted and two of them he is still currently still currently being charged on or looked at for. So in 1971, Robert met Kathleen McCormick. I believe that's how you say her last name. Like I said, always we just try our best. <laughs> so after only two dates, Robert asked Kathleen if she wanted to move with him in his home in Vermont. So, what? Yeah. Two dates. And then oh it God. didn't even say like how many days apart these dates were or whatever. But he had opened a health food store there. And she was a medical student. So she was super interested. She's like, oh, I'm digging this guy. He has his own business. He seems like he's doing good in life. So yeah, I'll move with you. So she ended up moving in in January of 1972. So they met in 71. She moved in in 72. And not long after, his father wanted him 
to move back to join the family business. So he did. So I guess after he had sued his family, he had left to Vermont, which their business is in New York. And then he ended up moving back to New York. So they moved to Manhattan and would end up getting married on April 12th, 1973. So they moved 1972, married 1973. And which, as you know, like I said before, Durst's birthday was April 12th. So this would be his 30th birthday to be exact when they got married. And remember, I told you that she was a medical student. Well, she was still in school when they got married. And I want to say she was supposed to be coming, becoming a pediatrician. So which made sense why she was still in school. Um, she was in her fourth year of schooling. She literally had a few months until she was graduating but then she just randomly disappeared. Like out of nowhere, just poof, gone. The last time she was seen was January 31st, 31st, 1982, which was basically a year until their 10th year, 10 year anniversary. Um, and on the ninth of January, on the night, sorry, of January 31st, she went to a dinner party for her close friend. And I'm gonna absolutely butcher the last name so I'm not even going to say it I'm just going to say the first which is Gilbert and this was a little odd because she was really upset and she was wearing sweatpants and according to Gilbert this was super weird super out of like the norm for Kathleen because Kathleen usually dressed up in higher quality clothes as she was mentioning and she seemed really bothered the entire night and after being there for a while she got a phone call from her husband and then she left the party and I'm going to mention this later but she was supposed to be meeting her friend Gilbert after so I guess she was just saying I'm going to go home real quick I'll be back in a little bit so later that night according to Robert he drove Kathleen to this train station and said that she got on the train and left and after she left he went to go have a drink with a friend and then he said that he got a phone call from his wife that very night so he supposedly dropped her off and supposedly has an alibi that he was with his friend. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But like I said, Robert had no idea that Kathleen was supposed to be meeting her friend at a pub, which was the same friend that was at the party. So he clearly, to me, I feel like it's fishy because if she was supposed to be meeting a friend, she wouldn't have just upped and left. Like she would have let her friend know. And I know it's like 1953 or whatever, you know, they didn't have the same communication as we have now. But if you, if she made plans, I feel like she was supposed to be there because when Kathleen didn't show her friend ended up calling the police and she didn't just call the police once she called them over and over and over for days after, like, she was like, this is completely out of the norm. Something's up. I know something's happening. So she continued to call it. And then a few days later, Robert finally decided to make a missing persons report. So I wow. guess with him saying that she was on a train station, she went to the train station, I guess she was supposed to be coming back or something, he said. So he didn't expect anything, but it's still a, lot of, a little fishy to me, um, which I, we can't say that was for sure him because he's never been convicted of them, but... It's just a little odd when we when I continue this story. 
There was a doorman at the apartments that said that he thinks he might have seen Kathleen at the apartments on February 1st, but he told the police that he wasn't for sure because he didn't get a clear view and didn't know for sure if it was her or not. So that kind of like just didn't really matter at this point. Um, so after all of this, they were not sure what happened, but if we backtrack, so before any of this happened, three weeks before Kathleen's disappearance, she was actually at the hospital because she was getting treated for bruises on her face. And you already know where I'm kind of going with this. She supposedly had told her friend that she had asked for a $250,000 divorce settlement. And she said that Robert was the one who hit her, but she was not going to press charges. So if she's asking him for a divorce and this was three weeks before also i'm going to continue this because there's a little bit more to this but she didn't get anything she didn't get a divorce she didn't get the money she instead got her credit card canceled her name was taken off of their bank account and she and he would no longer pay for her tuition because he was helping her pay for it and apparently they had been separated for three years before all this happened. And she was already dating someone else and everything. What? So, but like, why would he, like, why would he kill her now type thing if she was already pretty much done with him and was like in a relationship with somebody else? I feel like she just kept like telling him to him. It probably wasn't much that she was dating anybody else because he was like, well, I have full control of her. Basically I have all of her money. I have all of this. I have all that. So to him, maybe he thought he had control over her and I, they have no like that I saw, which most of my stuff I forgot to mention. I did get basically everything from Wikipedia because there was, there's so much information on this, but I couldn't find where it said in specific that, they had they had 100% argued that night or she was supposed to come back or whatever happened i have no idea and that's what's super weird to me because there's no like there's just no evidence and to me i feel like money had a huge 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 thing to do with this case and being able to hide the fact that if he was to do it you know what i mean yeah, and I think, too, that it could be a possibility that she showed up, like, in sweatpants and not in her, like, normal dressier clothes. Because if he was already stripping away, like, money, credit cards, bank accounts, tuition, like, he could have been very well stripping away her clothes, her jewelry, her shoes, her makeup, you know, all these expenses that he was paying for, he could have stripped away and said, no, this is all you're going to get. You're going to go out just like this, you know? Yeah, that makes actually I didn't even think about that, but that makes sense. Like that would make sense why she was walking out because if she was supposedly with somebody else, then yeah, that that makes complete sense. I didn't even think about that. Um, but I want to go back to current time. And a few weeks after her disappearance, her items were found in the trash. Hmm. In the, in the trash, and this was supposedly from where when she lived with Robert. So he was throwing her stuff in the trash. And I think that her parents also decided, her parents or her friends, I can't remember exactly, 
went to her now apartment that she was moving away from him and her stuff was also in the trash and there was like stuff missing or whatever so somebody had been in her house and I want to stop on Kathleen for the time being and I want to go to the next person so let's talk about Susan Berman and remember I said I would bring her back up so this was a friend of Robert since he was in college at UCLA I believe and she was such a good friend to him that she was the one who gave Robert an alibi when Kathleen disappeared. So it didn't say what alibi she exactly gave for him, but remember I said that she he was went out with a friend to have drinks that night. I'm wondering if that was that was her alibi because it didn't say in specific what the alibi was, but to me that seems like what she was kind of doing for him. Well, on December 24th, 2000, she was found murdered execution style. She was only found because the neighbors called the police and told them that her dogs escaped and her back door was left wide open. So apparently Robert was in Cali a few days before and left the night before her body was found. So she had still, remember UCLA is California, so she had still lived in California. And so... He was apparently there a few days and left the night before her body was found, which is super sus. And mm-hmm. remember, he lives in New York. So why would he be in California? What would be the reason he'd be in California if he's lived in New York? And I know like people go to travel or whatever, but like, I don't know. It just seems too coincidental for it to happen like that. Well, did you see like where he like is does he have an alibi as to why um, he's there i didn't see one i don't know i was kind of i kind of like this is a full summary like like i said just on wikipedia alone it was pages of pages of information so i may have just skipped over it if there was one but nothing stuck out to me okay so but they also found a handwritten note that was written on December 23rd, the day before they found her. And it said, quote, cadaver. That's it. Like nothing else. And it had Susan's address on it. So it seemed like somebody had mailed her this. And I don't know what that's supposed to mean. That was like a huge question for me. And I was trying to find stuff, but I couldn't really find information that kind of explained it. Well, not only was this note written to her and he was there, but Robert also was sending or sent $50,000 to Susan in two separate payments. Now, hmm. why would he be sending her money? Like, Maybe for what like, reason? Like hush money? Yes. That's good because later in 2005, Robert apparently said that Susan told him that the LAPD had called her and wanted to ask her questions about the disappearance of Kathleen. She called him around the time that she died. And to me, that screams motive that he was like, oh, she's going to start talking. I sent her this money to hush her up, but maybe she was trying to get more money from him or something. But to me, I think that's crazy. Like, that's a crazy coincidence. You were there. You were trying to send her all this money. Nobody knows what the money was for. And the LAPD was contacting her for more information on the disappearance of his wife. So that screams motive to me. 
I mean, hello, why you have not rested him already? Like, exactly. This is like a whole lineup. It's literally right, the evidence is right in front of your face. Like, hello, money. I'm telling you, money. I, this man gets away with so much stuff, and you're at the end of this, you're just gonna be like, "Are you serious? Like, are you for real?" So, right now, we have the disappearance of his wife and a brutal murder of his best friend. So I want to move on to one last person, and this is probably the one that you may have heard about. I know I've heard about it before, um, but yeah. So this is the killing and dismemberment of Morris Black. This case is so crazy to me, and I just can't. All of these are, actually. So October 9th, 2001, Robert was arrested. Why, you ask? Because earlier, the police had shown up to a horrific scene at Galveston Bay. They found body parts of Morris Black and Robert was arrested because Morris was, in, was the neighbor of Robert. So apparently to Robert, Morris was like this mean old guy who always had issues and was always trying to cause problems. But one day Morris and Robert had gotten into a confrontation and Morris had apparently stolen, and I say apparently because this is all word of mouth. There's no proof, no nothing. And apparently he took Robert's gun and threatened him with it. Then Robert went for the gun and during the struggle, the gun went off and shot Morris in the face. In the face, like just happened to shoot him in the face as they were struggling. But I mean, I guess. And then at some point, he thought it was a good idea to use a paring knife, two saws, and an axe to take the limbs off and put them in a trash bag and throw him in Galveston Bay like he was trash. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, I did hear this story. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dismembered him after he shot him after their, quote, confrontation that they were having. No. No. I'm sorry, but no, no sane person would say, oh my god, okay, I just shot you in the face, what do I do? I'm panicking, I'm panicking, oh, I have an idea, I'm just gonna chop all your limbs up. Like, what? That didn't even make any sense. Yep, I 100% agree with you. But when Robert was arrested, his bond was set at $300,000, which to him was nothing, and he made bail the very next day. So he was out of prison. Mm. Like, after dismembering a man's body, whether it was Self-defense or not, he was out of prison because he had money. Um, and then he missed court on October 16th. So then there was a warrant out for his arrest because you can't miss court, especially not on a murder trial. So he was found November 30th. And you want to know what he was caught with? Please don't tell me he murdered somebody else. No, no, not quite. He was arrested with... He was arrested for shoplifting band-aids, newspapers, and a chicken salad. Oh my god. What <laughs> the heck? Like, what? That, okay, definitely not what I was thinking, but I, you know, it's a lot better than what I was thinking, so. I know, I had to put this in here because I was like, okay, but they can arrest him on shoplifting this, but they can't arrest him on the disappearance of his wife or the murder of his best friend, but I guess... I mean, it sounds about right with today's court system, honestly. Yeah. Well, when they searched his car, they found cash, two guns, weed, 
and his driver's license and the address to Gilbert Gilbert's home which as I told you before Kathleen's friend that was all over the case when she disappeared so can we just think about what he was about to be doing if he wasn't arrested mm-hmm. so they also ended up finding out that he was stalking his brother stalking stalking him like like following him was found in his driveway just looking at his house when he was taken like sorry what like robert's brother yeah robert was stalking douglas wow yeah the one that he had problems with growing up and i didn't put it in here but douglas said that like they're 100 he like went to court whenever he was at trial or whatever and he was like there's something wrong with him i've had restraining orders restraining orders restraining orders against him and he constantly just followed me and wanted to be everywhere i was at and he just had always had a vendetta against me and yeah so he would he went to court and like start talked about how crazy he was or whatever which i don't blame him but they also end up finding out oh sorry i already said that (laughs) whoops When he was taken to court for the murder of Morris, he would not communicate with his lawyers. He wouldn't say nothing to them. So they ended up hiring a psychiatrist, which said, quote, his whole life history is so compatible with a diagnosis of Asperger's disorder, end quote. Which you already know that the defense was all over this, making it the reason that he did it. This is this because he has problems you know he he can't help himself after everything i told you about morris black do you feel that he is completely guilty and should be in prison um yeah well on november 11 2003 he was acquitted for the murder of morris i repeat he was acquitted so he can no longer be charged for his murder ever Okay, so how much money did he have to pay for that? I'm telling you, this ca- these cases, all of this is insane. They said it was because of lack of evidence or it was because he, it was self-defense. There was two different things that I saw, self-defense and lack of evidence. Okay, but he literally has a track record. There's literally a trail. You can link him literally to other locations across the U.S. map at a location where a murder could have taken place. Like, not only that, but your ex-wife with all these freaking signs that could have led you to kill her, but you're just going to ignore all these and be like, okay, leave him out on the street. So what, he can kill somebody else? But I also want to know what self-defense requires you to cut up a man's body. Yeah. Like, if you accidentally shot him in the face, why wouldn't you call 911 right away to see if you can get help? Yeah. That's that's my my big thing. Is, like, no self-defense requires you to cut up. I understand, like, you never know what you're going to do in the moment. I get that. But, like, it seems a little extreme to cut his limbs up and throw them in the ocean like he's just trash. Yeah. Like, literally in a trash bag. A, a whole new level of killer right there. That's not base level. Oh my gosh, I just messed up. I'm panicking. Okay, maybe you make sure he's... Okay, maybe 
I would think you would call 911, but maybe if you're a little bit more panicky than that, you're like, okay, well, let me make sure he's dead and dispose of the body because I don't want to get caught because they may charge me even though it wasn't my fault. I'm just going to mm-hmm. bury him like in a graveyard or cemetery or like somewhere in the woods. But instead you do that, like that just doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's insane. I can't. But I do have to say he was charged for jumping bail. And then he was let out where he would violate his parole. And then he was taken back to jail. And then he was released again March 1st, 2006. Oh my god. What? What is happening? And this was it. Remember I said that in later on in 2005 was whenever he said that thing about Susan about the police thing. This was barely like 2003 when he was acquitted from the murder. And then in 2006 he was released. Like the this man has so much luck and money on his side and i guarantee you money is i just can't i don't know <laughs> this man's like a dang cat he doesn't have nine lives for real i'm saying <laughs> so instead of me going into like all the trials and everything i'm just gonna kind of like update you on what's happening with the other two cases because like i said it's a continued thing it has yet to be solved so the only one that has been solved i guess is morris black which i believe was not the case so he was supposed to have trial not once but three different times but they were all postponed until after like until a later due date to covid oh i also want to mention before i move on morris's black head was never found so could say what he did with it nope his head still has yet to be found so how do we know that he actually shot him in the face oh my god yeah so sorry i just wanted to bring that up because i forgot to put that in here but okay so back to this so all of his things were postponed to a later date because of covid and it was finally scheduled for may 17th 2021 this year and I also want to mention that this is for the trial of Susan, not even his wife, Susan. So May 13th, 2021, his liar is liars. Sorry. His lawyers asked for the trial to be postponed once again, because they found out poor little Robert had bladder cancer. He's like how old now? And he's been getting through all these murders. Just give up. Like, I don't understand why you're still trying. But let the cancer take you out. No, that's messed up. I shouldn't say that. But I, I, I mean, it, but like when you have people like this, it's kind of hard not to say. Yeah. But I mean, I don't wish death upon no. I mean, it's a sticky situation. But go ahead. Yes, <laughs> I agree. They also asked that he be bailed out to get proper treatment because he wasn't getting the good treatment while he was in jail. Oh, mm-hmm. poor thing. But good thing is because the motion was denied he could not they were not postponing anything anymore they were like i'm tired of this so they continue with the same court date may 17th 2021 so later on on june 10th robert was sent to the hospital and to me you know this is a normal thing because what he's like 78 79 or however old he is now and he had apparently had bladder cancer so to me it doesn't seem out of the ordinary that he was sent to the hospital but the da was thinking a whole nother story they thought that he was faking it 
just so he could postpone the trial longer. But they didn't know for sure because they had apparently had some information from a cellmate or whatever of his saying that he was just going to keep trying to postpone it as long as he can. But like, to me, I'm like, just give up. Why do you, like, why do you keep making this trial go longer? What is the point? I don't understand. You're 78 years old. And if you have bladder cancer, there's no telling it's probably going to spread because that's probably not where the only place you have it, you know? So to me, I'm just like, just give up at this point. But I believe that this trial is still currently ongoing. So I'm going to try to keep track of it and see what happens. But I'm telling you, this man has been so lucky if he's guilty of any of it. Because we have no idea if he's guilty. So just like these cases are just driving me crazy. And I do want to mention that they may be trying to connect him to other cases and not just these three. They include the disappearance of Lynn Schultz, Karen Mitchell, and Kristen Modafferi. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but if I went into these, the backstory of these cases and everything, it would be a whole nother episode. I just wanted to mention them just to show you that there may also be other cases that he's tied to, not just these three insane ones. And like I said, I got most of it, if not all of my information from Wikipedia. And this is just a quick summary of everything. If you guys are interested in learning more, I would suggest looking into it because it's the most insane case to me. And like of someone who just gets lucky over and over and over again, like constantly, like never getting caught or never things happening to him. And I just, it blows my mind to see this. So what do you think of today's case, Barb? I think it's crazy because I've literally heard the Morse Black story um, on a podcast probably about a couple of months ago. And I never really realized because they didn't dive into all these other connections. And to think that how many I could have missed by just listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm where they've killed more people and you just don't know or like are possible suspects and multiple murders and i think that it's literally crazy that he isn't being it's literally taking this long to finally bring him to trial for something that happened so long ago like why didn't you do this when the murder happened i i just think it's crazy yeah it's it's crazy and like i said i really think that money has been involved this entire time because there's no other way that that he wouldn't have been charged for these if you know and we don't know if he for sure did like the disappearance of his wife or the killing of his best friend but it's all just super coincidental on about how everything happened and the whole reason why i did this case was because of the morris black case and i want to say that Somewhere I saw that they don't even think Morris Black was the real name of this guy or something. I can't I can't remember what they were saying, but it just it's so much stuff that's happening in this case. And for him to be even maybe like the cause of three other disappearance of women, it's crazy. But if you guys are still interested in learning more about this whole entire catastrophe of a person, um, Go on Wikipedia, go on any other uh, websites. I think they even have like documentaries or whatever of it. But I just felt like I'm just going to do all Wikipedia because there's just too much. 
But I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Thank you all for joining. If you have any questions or comments, you can find us on Facebook at Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder, Instagram at Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder with no spaces, and Twitter at Texas Chicks Who with the number one. Please stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.